Hey crew, I'm Cam Explains, and this is Run the Block, the first show that's bringing together coaches, podcasters, and local business owners to innovate and collaborate, because I think there's crazy crossover that no one is talking about between these three amazing groups, from lessons learned to finding untapped and potential new revenue streams. Our goal is to help you get more subs, customers, clients, and more using the perfect formula of know-how, storytelling, and kindness. So you too can easily create content that converts, add more cash to the bank, lift up your community, and ignite your biz without being stuck in no man's land ever again. How to build a kick-ass team with virtually no churn, creating community with culture, the power of captivating content, what it's like writing for Mind Pump, as well as the entrepreneur journey and some of Jeremiah's darkest moments. That's what we get into today on this episode of Run the Block with Coach Jeremiah Bear. Jeremiah is the owner of the fitness and nutrition coaching company, Elevated Coaching Systems, where they specialize in physique development for women with the mission of setting the standard for science-based, person-centered transformation coaching. He's been coaching for over eight years, developed a deep passion for all things related to training, program design, and nutrition, whether that's simply coaching one-to-one or creating free content on his Instagram channel, which you should definitely check out. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode of Run the Block with Coach Jeremiah Bear. Enjoy. Mr. Coach Jeremiah Blair, thank you so much for uh, joining me on the show today, man. Yeah, dude. I am honored to be here. So we were just talking off air about all the wonderful things that that you kind of do. And I literally thought you record 20 podcasts a week. It might just be because like I follow you and Straker. And yeah. so like anytime you guys post, it always shows me your next like three to four posts because it knows I always like and like try to comment on your guys' stuff. Okay. So I, I swear I thought you like podcast like every day <laughs> yeah i have i have an inordinate amount of podcasts with brandon de cruz actually and he is very good about sharing those and then like resharing when people share them on their stories so it's it, it seems like we put out quite a few more than we do but really we only put out two podcasts a week really pretty manageable i try to do like one q a episode with my own team where we're just talking through like different client issues things more relevant to coaching and then i really like to put out one interview a week as well Oh my God. Yeah. I said Straker. Sorry. I just texted him. That's why. I was... Oh, you're good. <laughs> yeah. But Brandon DeCruz, uh, who is by the way, also everywhere. Like he does one with you, with Jeff Black. I think he has his oh, own, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's that, that is Brandon is very much someone who you think that you get a lot done and you do things at a high level. And then it's like, you see somebody like that and it's like, oh my gosh, I don't know how you do everything that you do. Right. It, but yeah, he gets a ton done. He's someone that's interesting too, because he just like transitioned over from having like a corporate job, right? And then right, just to, yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm going everywhere all the time now. Yeah, yeah, man. It's um, I know before I think he was working with, and I don't want to speak for Brandon, but Brandon's yeah, someone's sure. mentored mentored me for what well over a year now. We've learned a ton from him, and I always want to make sure I shout him out whenever I can because I'm forever grateful for everything he's taught us. Um, and he's my personal coach right now, but yeah. If I'm correct, he was working a corporate job before, but he basically had what most people would already consider a full-time coaching roster at that time. Um, and then went all in on coaching. And since then, like I think with managing a job and coaching to now just being able to focus on coaching, um, I have no doubt he's able to produce a lot more. Absolutely. It's like the, you know, what I'm sure I, I know you've mentored coaches as well. And like what we do with iLead, this is the first time I've ever plugged iLead, by the way. So, you know, shameless plug there. Shout out to iLead. You know, we talk all the time about like, listen, if you're going to get your certification, then just go all in on coaching. You better have a safety net or have someone else supporting you because it's not your best route. You're either going to make the wrong decisions based on income or be stressed out every day until you get there. Mm-hmm. So even like that, that bridge uh, sounds like he probably went about the right way. But segue into 
your background and, and how you got into coaching because we met when was it in Texas, I think, earlier this year? Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, Texas. you, Tristan, Michael, uh, and a couple other chaps all met up to go to the Excellent Cartels, I think PEC, like five or six. Uh, had a blast, played a lot of laser tag. Shout out to whatever that Bolarama was. <laughs> a great time. <laughs> Watch Tristan roll off the couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, what? what has it been like with with your experience moving into to coaching was it a jump headfirst thing you know was it did you slowly gradually come in because now you're a mentor to other coaches and and also do i believe some some courses or have like done some courses with other coaches so did you just jump all in on on this coaching journey or was it a gradual process as well yeah man so my journey has kind of been different and honestly is probably the exact opposite of what you just said was a smart thing to do, which I definitely wouldn't disagree with that. But yeah, I started coaching in 2014. So uh, back in 2011, uh, do you by chance know who Corey Gregory is? Oh, absolutely, man. So that was like Muscle Farm 6am club. That was like my original guy. Like when I graduated high school, started college 2011, before I even had Instagram, um, I started following him and I just thought it was so cool what he was doing. Like I would screenshot his workouts every day on Twitter. And again, this was before I even had Instagram. I would screenshot his workouts on Twitter. I would go follow them. And I just had a vague idea, like whatever this dude is doing, I don't understand. It's like online somehow, but he seems like he has a great career. He gets to help a ton of people. And again, he just like creates content online. And I'm not sure if he coaches people or not. Now, of course, things have turned out a little bit differently on our end versus that. But like the general right. concept of what he was doing was so cool to me. So I always kind of knew that was the direction I wanted to go. Um, in 2014, I started coaching people in person. So really from 2014 to 2018, October 2018, I was coaching a ton of people in person, especially the last like two, three years there before I transitioned out. I was really running about like 60 sessions a week in person, just spending all my time trying to. And that was a, a time I was very, again, I felt pretty clear on like where I wanted to go and what I wanted to build. But I knew like at the time, my focus just needed to be on becoming the best possible coach, working with as many people as I could. So it was just a ton of time in the gym, training people in person. And it's, and it's interesting to talk about this now because like even then, it, that doesn't seem like that long ago. But I feel like the landscape of it has changed so much. Like, I don't think anyone now is like, okay, I'm going to go and spend like a ton of amount of time, a ton of time, like the next couple of years, just training people in person. But for me, that was very, very helpful. Um, Around 2017, I actually started writing for Mind Pump, right? I started writing blogs for Mind Pump. They put out there that they were looking for people to blog. And I had, again, like this idea that I started, I wanted to take the business online as that was my original goal, but I hadn't really done much to take action on it. So I finally kind of got out of my own way, reached out to Sal, hopped on a call with him and started writing a couple blogs for Mind Pump a week. And that really started to kind of grow the online side of things. So in 2017 through October, 2018, I was working with people in the gym and I was trying to build the online side of things. Now from there, can I ask a quick question? Yeah, go ahead. With that type of knowledge, because not for nothing, like most people wouldn't reach out and be like, yeah, I'll write blogs for you, right? They're scared shitless. So did you have a background? Like, did you get a a weekend certification? Did you get a bachelor's? Did you train under somebody? Or were you just someone like that would be able to go through a Corey Gregory post, figure it out, and then just apply that to your clients and then like just had confidence that way? Man, I was just, so I had my ACSM personal trainer certification. And then I got my precision nutrition cert as well. 
but it had just been since 2011, I was just obsessed with with training and then later nutrition just for my own physique goals. Right. I just, as soon as I kind of saw it, it was the first thing for me in like late high school and college that I was really kind of good at. So that kind of latched, I latched onto that and made that a lot more of my identity than like now it was like something I had to work through a lot where like, okay, I've eventually realized getting more jacked isn't going to make me happier. Or I need to like myself more. And there's some other False. things we need to work through here. But <laughs> at the time that was very much like where my head is at. So very much like it, I was just, and still am obsessed with training and nutrition and learning all about it. So I had a lot of knowledge going into that. I took my ACSM certification just so I could train people, but as a lot of certs like that go, I don't think I necessarily learned a lot that um, I necessarily took a lot of value from that. But yeah, that's really where the knowledge base kind of started. And then like, as I was training people in person, I just, again, that was a time where um, when it really got extremely busy um, for a good chunk of that, like I was single and really like my sole focus was again, like I want to be the best coach I possibly can. I want to learn as much as possible. So when I wasn't training people, I was either creating content, writing blogs, or learning, be that podcast, YouTube videos, blogs, spending a massive amount of time absorbing different content there. So really like that's where it came from. It wasn't again, like I got my CSCS. Um, my degree was a business degree, a business degree with a focus on entrepreneurship, which once again, I don't think I really actually took hardly anything applicable from that. But yeah, it was mostly again, just me absorbing a ton of content. And I think that's in part why like one of my favorite things in the world right now, or has been for the last, um, what, five, six years now, just content creation. And I think part of it is, again, just like how much time I spent absorbing and consuming it when I was starting out. That's super interesting that you say you enjoy that because that's most people's like arch nemesis, right? Is to oh, yeah. get on it, get on social and post. Is it just be like, is, is there something underlying that kind of like provokes you to be like, I want to create this, right? Is it just like the thought of like helping somebody? Is it just like internal that, you know, you just kind of like doing this and you feel purpose in doing that? Uh, or is it something else? Um, man, that is a great question. So no, within that, man, I've always loved to write. And when I create content, one of the things about that is I very much focus on, and again, I don't know if this is good advice, but I very much focus on what I like to do. So like, I don't really follow trends with like, I don't post reels. I'm not on my story very much. Things that again, I think most people, a lot of our businesses come from blogs, right? Which is very, especially in like 2019, 2020, you know, like it's a lot of like blogs are dead, things of that nature. But I always have loved to write. And when I started writing for Mind Pump again, I kind of just reconnected with that. And it's so fun to me to like, take these different concepts of training and nutrition and kind of build them out into frameworks that seem like cool and unique and like sexy to people and can get them excited about these processes and like really make them very applicable. Um, but as a whole, again, like writing has just always been something like originally I thought I was going to be like a fiction writer or something like that. So I've, I've always just really, really enjoyed the process of writing, which I think has really helped me a lot as well. I don't know if that's true for most people, but in my case, it's just, again, like if I could choose my ideal day, like a huge chunk of that would just be me behind my laptop, just writing and creating things. That's, that's super fascinating. Uh, Cause again, that that's not what a lot of people love to do. So uh, I'm with you there, dude. I love to write. I find myself just writing all the time. It's why like, no matter what I get 
preoccupied with or do other things, I'm always like helping other people write or like they'll send me their copy, whether it's an email or a post. And I'm like, just just, like, I think that's super fun. I think it's fascinating. I think it's it's so fascinating. Yeah. I honestly, I was, I was just thinking about this the other day. It's probably why uh, I'm able to speak to this, but I was thinking about like, why do I like words? And it was because I was trying to think of like a fun way to help local businesses I think that's a big area. Everyone just wants to go online. They all want to get like in touch with an influencer and build a brand or something, but nobody like ever thinks locally, right? Like they just don't, they don't think like, Hey, in your backyard, you should probably crush that as well. And so I was trying to think of like, you know, words and like fun play on like word marketing or like local brands. And I was thinking like, what, what is it about words? What is it about that? That was so empowering to me. Like, why am I fascinated? And I actually thought back to the first time when somebody like showed me, like when you actually put words in a certain way, it's all psychology. It mm-hmm. literally, you can get people to take action if you actually write well. Right. And you know, if you just throw something up, like that's cool if you want to journal or just get, get something out and that's very powerful too. But when you actually word it in a certain way that pro- promotes and provokes emotion from the reader, that's pretty powerful stuff. Like if you take it to the dark side, you're going to NLP and you can get people to spend thousands of dollars on something that maybe they shouldn't. But if it's someone like you, someone who's just trying to add value, then you can get someone to maybe take that first step in a gym, right? Right. Or you can get them to actually see like how to periodize correctly to get better results or something like that. So what, when you actually write, do you have a process that you go through when you write? Do you just like to just like word dump? Do you go through it? Cause you said you don't really follow trends or anything like that. So like, what does your writing process kind of look like when you go through it? Yeah. Are you familiar with the book, how to build a story brand by Donald Miller? I am. Okay. So the process that he lays out there, this, I just do it subconsciously now, but most everything I create kind of follows like the process that he lays out where Man, now that I think of it, I don't know if they can even put it into words very well, but I believe it's something along the lines of like, we are calling out the person that we're speaking to and what they are struggling with, right? And I I think that's such an important piece as well, where I know for the longest time, like if we're relating this more to the business side of things, always being so clear on who we're speaking to, like every piece of content that I create for me personally is actually our client success manager, Jody, just one of my favorite clients that I've ever worked with. She's a huge part of our team now, but like everything I create is speaking to, because she's very much like the clients that she's kind of like our client avatar, so to speak, right? Where it's very much, she's the person we like to work with and she's people like her who we want to attract. So right away, I'm looking at like, would this piece of content, would she find it interesting? Would it solve a problem that she has, right? So initially we're calling out what that is and kind of showing that we relate, right? You're not alone in this, be it like, Hey, I personally have been there or more often than not for me, it is, Hey, one of our clients has been there. We get it right. We've worked with many people coming from the similar place. And then from there, it's basically just talking people through, here's a solution to get out of whatever this problem is. And again, that's where it's very fun for me. Like we can create these cool frameworks, whatever it might be a four-step process. It might be like our approach to nutrition periodization or whatever that may be. And then I believe in this build a story brand. I'm, kind, I'm I'm probably butchering this, but for anybody listening, I would highly recommend if you haven't read it, check out the book building a story brand because it's been very helpful for me. And then at the end, we have some type of call to action. And personally for me, like it's people think when we say call to action, it's like, hey, I have spot, five spots left for coaching apply now. That's t- typically not the direction I go, but rather, hey, just like shoot me a DM if you need anything. Or if you want to apply to work with our team whenever you're ready, like the link is in my bio. But 
that's the basic process for me. Um, similar to what you said, man. I really think the process of editing is like one of the most fascinating one parts for me. I will essentially like, again, I kind of have that rough framework where now it's just so next second nature. Like anytime I'm creating something, that's kind of how I write. But from there again, like the most fascinating part of it, as you said, is working through with like, okay, how can I tweak this? How can I tweak my language? How like for Jody, how could I make her better understand this? What could I change her to make this resonate with her more and make her like understand like this is exactly what you need to do. Like that, that piece of it for me, again, like really speaking to that specific person and looking at like, how can we adjust in our language? How can I better speak to her and like use her language? That to me is one of the most interesting pieces of all of it. Does that, does that answer the question? Absolutely. Uh, and then some, I'd, I'd say I give you extra credit there. Um, but yeah, one of my mentors, uh, Taki Moore, always, Taki Moore always said, uh, use their currency, right? What is, because right. it's easy to say, well, what, what do they say? But like, when you think about the currency, what are the words that they use to mean what it is that you think that they mean, right? Like right. fitness is a great example. Like you would use the word jacked when you're probably talking to a dude, right? You don't use skinny when you're talking to a dude that you probably want to work with. You don't use the word toned the eye roll from every coach ever listening to this, right? When you say that, but if you were talking to a female prospect and writing towards that, you might use toned, right? Yeah. You might, even if you're saying like, you know, tone's probably not the correct word, that's fine. But what is the currency? Cause you have to meet them where they're at. Right. And as okay. coaches, sometimes we get on that pedestal and we're like, we well, you know, right. And it comes very, it, it's very off putting, even though you're trying to come across and like actually help people. That's such a good point though, man. And even like the toned thing is something that cracks me up because it's, we know that toned, yes, we understand that muscles don't tone, right? They grow or they get smaller. But if that's like the demographic that you want to work with, it's almost like you're refusing to, it's almost like, hey, maybe this person doesn't speak English very well. You understand how to speak their language, but you just refuse to speak their language because it's like, okay, well, this isn't like the exact proper terminology. Like, I don't think... Personally, I think that it's something that's very easy to get caught up in just because you see so many other coaches saying things like, hey, we don't say tone. But like, if you want to be able to get a lot of buy-in from a client and truly help them to the fullest extent, because the buy-in you get is such a big piece of this, like the better they feel like you understand them, which in a large part is going to be like, are you or aren't you speaking their language, the better you're going to be able to help, right? So that's that's just always a conversation that track, cracks me up. There's, again, so many... There's so many posts out there like muscles don't tone PSA. And it's like, all right, thanks guys. Like we get it, but I don't really think that like things like that are actually helping anyone outside of just making other coaches feel good. Like, yeah, I don't say tone either. And that's great. Yeah. You're, you're so right. And that's where it goes to, uh, who's your audience exactly as you said, because if you're speaking to that, you're talking to other coaches. So yeah, you're going to get you and your 12 buddies. They're going to like it. But any of your actual clients or prospects are just scrolling on by. They're like, I don't know what the hell this guy's talking about. You're definitely not talking to me. Right. Your mind is Jack tank top. Not talking to me. I don't know. I want to be toned. Screw him. <laughs> so uh, going to 2017, you start working with Mind Pump, hammering out the blog for them. What what happens through that? Like, was it a good experience, bad experience? Did you just love it and just keep growing your business? What What's going on during that time? Yeah, man. So that was a great experience. For me, I had honestly kind of forgotten about my love for writing and I had never really thought of like parlaying that into content creation and how that could help kind of build things online. But for me, like at the time, taking that step was terrifying, right? Just reaching out to Sal, like hopping on a call with Sal. It was like, because I had listened to Mind Pub Up obsessively before then. So like that was so scary for me. 
but it was such a big like I felt like it was one of the first times I'd kind of like been able to get out of my own way and like okay no matter what like even if they like think this is trash I'm gonna do it so that that in itself was like a huge step for me and then Sal told me all right dude so I'm looking at your Instagram. You never post anything. Like you got to start sharing content at least three days a week. And for me, it was like, man, I'm terrified to post. Like what if people <laughs> think I'm saying some dumb shit? I don't know what I'm talking about. What if people like come at me? But it was like, so, all right, Sal. Was right. he talking about for the business or just even for yourself? Like trying to be like, hey, dude, you need to promote yourself. Just for myself. Yeah. So he didn't, it was very much like, man, hopefully this grows your following and this really helps your business. I told him what I wanted to do. I was like, that's great, man. So this is really a great opportunity for you for us to kind of funnel people in your direction. Now, at the time, I was expecting it to be like, all right, I'm ready for Mind Pump. Mind Pump is a huge podcast. I'm going to have like millions of followers overnight in the online <laughs> business. Is gonna blow up. Now, right. I think at the time I had like 200 followers and still I have a tiny following. I have like maybe six to 7,000 followers right now. But within that, it was very much like, not at all how it went. My following continued to go very, very slowly, <laughs> but it did get me consistently posting, right? Knowing like I somewhat had this accountability from Sal, like, okay, you got to start posting more frequently. Um, And over time, like things did start to grow. I had the first girl reach out to me about coaching. What was that? I believe coaching online. So again, I was already working with a ton of people in person, but I believe it was like March of 2018. I had the first girl reach out to me about coaching and it was like, all right, online. And I was like, all right, finally, like it's go time. We're getting there. So I put out the post like, hey, I'm now accepting clients online. And going into this, I was playing like, all right, I'm going to have at least like 20 people apply. Like things are going to take off. We're really doing it now because somebody has like hit me up about coaching and it was just crickets, right? Nobody applied. <laughs> and nothing, nothing came up. It. And I was like, shit, all right, I guess I might need to put some more time in here yet. But from then until October, I kind of slowly grew the online coaching side of things to where I had not that many clients, man, still like maybe about five to eight clients intermittently. And in October, 2018, things kind of came to a head at the gym where it was a case of like, Hey, you can either build online coaching under this business. So under the gym that I was working for, or go off and do your own thing. So for me, I was like, well, there was a non-compete earlier on that I had refused to sign just like in things that were getting kind of tense at the gym, just with like me posting content every day by that point and everything I was doing, like, which is very understandable, right? <laughs> Where it was very sure. much essentially like a competing business at this point that I was running. So I had refused to sign a non-compete and I basically came to an ultimatum. I decided to take things on my own thinking, all right, well, I have a very full client roster in person. I'm just going to take all these people to another gym and I'll be good there. I have like all this, all this, and I can continue to kind of build the online side of things. And then they came back with like, Hey, if you try to take these people, we are going to sue you now with like the whole refusal to sign on like the non-compete and things of that nature. I don't know if they actually could have, but like you can't train anyone in person in a 30 mile radius for the next couple months. And so for me, it was kind of like, well, I honestly don't really want to do that. So it was basically in a situation where it was, I just have a couple clients and that's it. I don't get to take all these people with me in person that I thought I would, but it's kind of, for me, my back was kind of against the wall and I didn't really, unless I had like moved somewhere else to train people in person, I didn't really have another choice except for to try to build it more. So again, for me, like this is that exact opposite situation of what we were discussing before, where it was like, shit, I have no idea how I'm going to pay my rent next month. I like have to grow this thing further. But I honestly think like 
without, and it was very much like you said, like until you get there, you're going to be so stressed. Like I was so stressed. I was having stress migraines <laughs> all the time. It was, it was so much, but I'm so thankful for that now because again, like I think for me, that pressure and kind of the anxiety and stress really drove me to like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to double down on creating so much more, um, whatever it can be. I'm going to continue to double down on like, how can I make this the best possible service? How can I give my clients the best possible experience? And that's really kind of from there, how things started to grow. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, as you were just alluding to there at the end, that, that some people do thrive in that right back against the wall ready to like fight or flight, right? Mm -hmm. I'm either going to say fuck it and just go work at the gas station or I'm actually going to have to double, triple, quadruple down on this, actually do something and and make it grow. And, you know, not foreshadowing, but I think it worked. I think it worked out in your favor. <laughs> it did, man. And that, but within that, like it's, I've never been like a, like, I don't think I've ever been like an extremely confident person. It's more so much I feel if what's driven me for a long time is just like, Shit, I feel like everything's about to fall apart. I'm super anxious. And that's a, how a lot of the business has been. That's how it still is a lot of the time. But yeah, for me, I don't think if I would have just like stayed comfortable, I would have been able to get to where we're at today. Yeah, man. Courage over comfort, right? It's like a Brene Brown. That that's Absolutely. one of her things. Choose courage over comfort. Well, choose whatever you want, but that's that's the the way forward if if you know um that's what you're trying to do, especially being an entrepreneur, being a business owner. It's not fun. Most of the time, it's scary, it's lonely, it sucks. Most days you have more unchecked boxes than you've ever had checked throughout the whole entire time. <laughs> right, very true. <laughs> Regardless you're in your first day or your uh, 10th year. Um, but I'm curious, like, so a lot of people will talk about like their their moment, like they, you can point back to the moment where you, know, you knew it was decision time. Right. But a lot of people then don't talk about like that next, like what was that next step after decision time? Because, you know, you can double down, quadruple down all you want, but that still doesn't get you to, you know, five, 10, 20 K a month, whatever that may be for you. So what was that? What was that next step? Was it just simply to, okay, now I need to go grab a client or now I need to go and partner with somebody. Like what was the next step to get you established and, and really start moving in the right direction? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, a big part of it, one thing that was very helpful for me throughout this time, I was working with Cody McBroom first as just a training and nutrition client. And then I started mentoring with him as well. And that was again, like right after I left the gym, actually, I also invested in him for mentorship, which was something I like couldn't afford at all at the time. Like my first payment to him, my credit card bounced back. And then it was like the next <laughs> day, I think I signed up a client and then I was able to like pay him, but it was, it yeah. was, it was, it was truly a ridiculous scenario. But for me, I just wanted to see like, Hey, I feel like this guy has the business that I, or something very similar to like what I want to build. I like the way he's doing it, the way he creates content and things of that nature. So I want to like kind of see how he's going about this and make sure I get like as many insights from him as I can. So that was very helpful. And I'm always super grateful for everything I learned from him during that time. But man, for me, there has never been like, we've never had that hockey stick where it's just been like, things took off. Right. So for me, it was just like, Hey, I'm going to create more content. I'm creating, I'm posting once a day. Now I'm going to post twice a day. I'm going to write more blogs. I'm going to write better blogs. And again, just focus on how can I be the best possible coach for my clients? So it was very much like clients just slowly started to trickle in and man, honestly, there's, there hasn't ever been a moment. Maybe like, I will say like the last within the last four to six months, it kind of has felt like we've like finally had that, like, this is crazy. 
But before then, it's always just been like, we are growing so slowly, right? But we're just going to keep consistently putting things out, keep doing the things that we that seem to be working well, continue to focus on how can we be the best possible coaches for our clients. And that's the thing is like they're with the next step. It's more or less like since that time, I feel like it just been doing the same things. I have posted every day on Instagram since 2017. Um, we've posted hundreds of blogs, started the podcast, but it, there hasn't been like a, this was the thing that I did that changed everything aside from me just deciding like, this is what I'm going to do. And there have been a lot of like moments where it's like, fuck, can I really do this? Right. The like where you kind of feel like you hit rock bottom and then it's okay. Well, at the end of the day, I know no matter what, like I am not going to quit. So I'm going to make this happen, but I wish I had a better answer to that, but there hasn't really, I feel like been like, this was the thing that changed everything. It's very much in our case been like, a slow, slow grind, right? Because I mean, even then, like I was, I've been trying to do this since 2017. And I know there's a lot of people whose businesses have grown much quicker than ours has, has. It's very much just been like a slow, sustainable growth. Was this something that you just always knew you wanted to to do and build? Because it sounds like you're just saying like you show up, you showed up every day for the past four or five years plus, right? Going back all the way to 2011, over a decade. And you just kept showing up and you just kept figuring stuff out. And when yeah. one obstacle was put in front of you, you just figured another way around to, to keep going. So was this just something that you went from 2011, you know, retweeting Corey Gregory, which I remember up, up too early to train hashtag all the time, baby. Oh yeah. Uh, was this just something that you kind of along the way figured out that you could also make money and just knew this is what you wanted to do. Uh, and that's why you keep showing up or just kind of want to do this because of the the lifestyle or is it something else that keeps you going right like why why do you keep waking up and deciding that like this is what i want to do yeah man absolutely so again like like i talked about like seeing what Corey was doing i can't ex- explain it but i was immediately like that's what i'm gonna do right and that's like when i started college went to talk to my the guidance counselor or whatever it is to figure out like okay what's your degree gonna be right away it was like hey i'm gonna be a personal trainer right but i want to like do this online someday and i don't think they really probably knew like what to do with that at all because it's like you don't really go to college to be a personal trainer in the first yeah. place <laughs> and i probably could have honestly bypassed that entire time and may have been better off for it but i definitely don't regret that but that's an entirely different conversation but yeah um since then a man like this is the only thing again like i know it's going to be something with fitness training and nutrition because i again, just fell in love with training and nutrition. I loved it so much then. And I still do now. I love learning about it. I love applying it to myself and teaching other people about it. So honestly, like since 2011, I just never really thought I never could see myself doing anything else. So like that was just the vision the entire time. Now it's an interesting thing though, because I feel like you do get to a point where this is a much different conversation than I'm used to having. And it's it's funny to like talk about like the business side of things and money and things of that nature. But I also think there's a point where it's like, I know when I was starting, it's like, okay, if I can make this much per year, then like, I'll be good. I'll be set. Right. And I don't think people really think like past that. Okay. Then what? So for me, like once I hit that point, what in like 2020, it was kind of a weird thing where then it was like, and I really don't know like what drives me more. Right. Where, of course you can set new goals. And like, I think that those numbers always increase whatever it is. But since then I've kind of stopped, honestly, like now I don't think I have like a grand vision that I did then. And again, I wish this was like a cooler answer, but like for me, 
us continuing to grow is amazing. I love the fact that we get to help more people. As we grow a team, like all of our coaches are so incredible. Coach Natalie, we just added, like I'm, I'm blown away by her. Coach Andrea, Coach Julie on our team as well. And Jody, like it's so damn cool to me that I get to also help them reach more people and like seeing the work that they're doing and the impact that they're having on people. But I don't, I don't really have like a grand vision that wakes me up, if that makes sense, where I've tried to like create that for myself. But honestly, it just doesn't really motivate me that much anymore. For me, the thing that I've come to is I'm motivated by productivity, right? Where more than anything, I, at the end of the day, when I look back on the day, I know the thing that makes me the happiest and feel the most fulfilled is when I know I did a full day of work and I worked to the best of my extent. I pushed myself and everything I put out was super high quality. I gave our clients an incredible service, right? So very much like, I again think this is different than like, and I don't necessarily consider this advice, but there's so much like find your why, like create this grand vision. And I do think like having a plan for the future and things like that is important. But for, for me, it's very much like, who's the man that I need to live my life as today to just be content with who I am at the end of the day? Because in the past, I've struggled a lot with really disliking myself. I've struggled with self-confidence and depression and things of that nature. And for me, like so much of just not slipping into that is again, just how I go about my day to day. So very much like that's how I try to look at things rather than like, okay, if I do this now in a year, we can be making this much money. We can have this many clients, whatever. And like, again, I have, there's still cool things that I want to accomplish. I want us to have like a giant content studio to be able to fly people out and like have events and interview people in person and things of that nature. But that's really not nearly as motivating to me as just again, like who do I need to be today? Does that make sense? Dude, it, it does. And it's something that I've thought a lot about and I'm more along the lines of you with you mm-hmm. that I think there are certain people in this world and Elon Musk, if you will, that has this grand vision and they're like, right. we're going to Mars right. Get out of the way, right? You're either coming along or you're staying on earth and it's going to blow up, whatever. And, and those people are obsessed. They're obsessed with their vision. They're obsessed with the thing and they don't care who you are. That's why you'll see the internal leaks of Tesla where he's just like, dude, if you shit or get off the pot, right? right. You're either fired or you're working with us, right? right. And that's fine. And, and you need those. I just think those people are very few and far between. And so when they trickle down that information, not like he doesn't coach other people, but when you have the higher up people coaching people and saying like, you need the grand vision, then you feel like shit, right? You almost right. be like internalize. I must be you know, either not in line or not love or be a piece of crap because I don't have that. So why do I wake right. up? And I, I don't, I think most people would just be happy. Like you're saying, if it's just something internal, like what I wake up every day because I get another chance, right? Every, right. every day, every day that you wake up, you're given a chance and a choice, right? You're given another chance at life. And then you're given a choice what you want to do with it that day. And unfortunately, I don't either. I don't have this grand vision. I'm not like, man, one day at a time, we're going to help a billion people or whatever right. it is, right? Like, no, I'm definitely going to help someone somewhere, but it's not like this grand vision. It's I'm going to be the best I can today because I know if I am the best I can be possible, then everything inside of me is going to overflow with joy and that's going to be passed on to other people, whether it's kindness, uh, smiles, whatever it is. Other people are going to feel that energy and it, it's going to be... Um, transcribed into their souls right absolutely man it's an interesting conversation for sure like 
um our mutual friend one of my best friends tristan winters like every time i talk to him i feel like shit dude like he's always like mapping out five years in advance like man we're gonna do all these crazy things and it's like such a clear vision and that's so cool to me and i wish and it's so like i don't i again don't want to speak for him but like from my perception it seems so inspiring to him and something that drives him so much and for a long time like i struggled with I don't feel like I like really have a purpose, right? I don't have that. That doesn't drive me like it used to when I was like first starting this. And just again, like just being able to shift that perspective and like just look at this day to day, right? And then it's again, like at the end of the day, did I live as the man I wanted to be? And like that in itself, like accepting that being enough, at least for me, that's been one of the most helpful things for my own headspace. Absolutely. And I think it goes back to, you know, you said 2011, you knew this is the thing I want to do. And if I can get paid for it, that'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. I think people that don't have a grand vision and then don't have that thing, that's when you're just in like basically purgatory because you just, you don't know what you like. You're either not willing to stick something out or to continuously try something to see what happens. Right. And then you all on top of that, don't have like a grand vision of where you want to be in five, 10 years because you can't even just pay your mortgage or whatever it may be. And so if you are that type of person, it it sucks, but you just got to start something you got to stick it out and you can't just try it for a couple of weeks. You got to try it for a couple of months and try to build that, that side hustle or whatever it is you are to, to get out of debt or whatever other financial situations you may be in. Absolutely, man. Um, so moving on to, to where you guys are now, what does, what does a day in, you know, Jeremiah's calendar look like? Do you, do you have like a structured routine that you live within um, are you like the, I live by my calendar type guy, or are you just like, I flow in and out and I just know when certain things are each day. What does a day look like with you? Yeah. So I would say I have a pretty loose structure to what my week looks like. I really like to have a theme for every one of my days. So for example, like all day Mondays, I am doing client check-ins, right? So within that, and I work with less clients than I used to, but I still think it's important for me to be working with a decent amount of clients to stay in touch with everything that we're doing as well. So Mondays all day for me are client check-ins. Tuesdays, I'm typically going to be doing some podcasts. I'll typically have at least one interview. I'm typically doing calls, things of that nature. Um, A couple more check-ins, getting back to my clients from Monday. And then anymore, a lot of it is also just like whatever day-to-day conversations come up with the team and really like helping troubleshoot clients, things of that nature. Wednesdays are typically a day I like to just block out for content creation um, during periods of time where like we have a lot of new clients coming in, we have a lot of applications. So like this call, this podcast, for example, we're doing on a Wednesday. So I'll occasionally open up my Wednesdays as well and like squeeze some calls in there. But for the most part, Wednesdays, I really like to like, that is something that's sacred to me. And I really like to like set aside a day of the week where it's, it's like, man, I just fucking love what I'm doing today. Right. So it's writing emails for my list It is creating social media content writing blogs, things of that nature. And that's really most, and sometimes program design, that's most of my day, Wednesday. Thursdays typically, again, are going to be pretty call heavy. So call with our team. We always record at least one team podcast on Thursday. Again, we'll typically have like at least a few new client calls on Thursday. Um, Again, answering more emails. And then Friday is the day where I'm programming for clients for the next week. We have another team call. We're there, we're just digging into troubleshooting whatever client issues are going on. And I think like that within our team, like the quality of it is so important to me. And again, I don't necessarily want to put this out there as like advice, but for me, I want to make sure like any of the coaches on our team, I don't ever want them to feel like they're like alone and figuring out whatever is going on with a client, right? So 
we constantly have, we're constantly going back and forth throughout the week, but then we have those two calls throughout the week as well, where we're digging deep into like whatever is going on, whatever your clients are struggling with, we're reviewing programs, things of that nature. Um, then I'll typically have another podcast recording on Friday, again, wrapping up client programs, wrapping up emails, and then just whatever miscellaneous things come up throughout the week. So that's kind of my loose structure. It's I don't I don't like live by my calendar to where I have to every hour time blocked out. I did that in the past, but it and again I have like a I have a good theme for my day. I know when I start work, I know when I stop work, which has also been very helpful for me in the past that I don't have like, hey, here's every single hour time blocked out or anything of that nature. Absolutely. Do you find like does that stress you out? Is that why? Or did you just like, eh, that's just not me in general? It didn't stress me out. I thought the idea of doing it was cool. And it's like, I wish I was the person that did time block out every hour of my day, but it basically would turn out to like, Hey, I didn't stick to it. Like for me, I always want to prioritize like anything that comes up with our team or our clients. Those are my first two priorities. Right. So I really almost always like if somebody shoots me a message in Slack, Hey, I'm trying to figure out what to do with this client. Can I get your insight? I am typically going to like, okay, immediately this is my first priority. I'm going to dig into this because I want to support our team and our clients however I can. And very similarly, like when a client email comes up, like I'm going to prioritize those things quite a bit more. So it kind of just for me, like I was really struggling with not being able to stick to my time blocks because of that. And I don't know if that's necessarily the right or wrong way to do go about it. But for me, it wasn't a matter of like stressing me out. Again, I thought the idea of it was cool. It just wasn't working extremely well for me personally. Absolutely. I would be curious to know, you know, with your style and, and what you've found so far over your journey, how has being an entrepreneur affected relationships? First, probably most important, how's it affected relationships with yourself, right? Because you, you mentioned depression and, and things along that, and that's a whole bag of worms, especially in this space. Again, right. we've said it already, we said it off air as well, like such a lonely and miserable place at sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it's also going to be very rewarding because it is you and you you yourself with your business have a team as well, right? Which can be fun, but that's still not the same mm-hmm. thing, especially when you're in charge of other people. And now you're also not only managing your own shit, you got to manage their shit. So right. what what has entrepreneurship done for, for you and your relationship with self and, and your relationship with others? Absolutely. That's a great question. So with myself, I think it's given me... It's kind of a double-edged sword. I feel like on one end, it has been, it's very cool to me when I do have that occasional moment, like once every six to 12 months where it's like, holy shit, like this is exactly what I wanted to do like 10 years ago, 12 years ago. And to me, like actually, like I was so scared I wouldn't be able to make that happen. And like seeing, being able to see now, like I surpassed that, like, again, this is like once every six months, like that is such a cool thing. But there's very few moments where I actually like take time to appreciate that, to be honest. And then past that, but again, like the occasional moment of clarity like that, it's super cool. Past that, I honestly will say like from a personal development perspective, before I really started like the online side of things really started to grow, I spent a lot more time digging into like just the different things that I was interested in. I had a lot more hobbies and stuff like that. I really don't anymore so i think from like a relationship with myself perspective from one end it's built a lot of confidence in me just to see like how consistent i am capable of being 
the amount of work that I'm actually capable of putting in. Like for me, those are things that I value so much. And to be able to see those things in myself is incredible. And again, like constantly like working through new situations that make you more uncomfortable, be it again, like the starting with mind pump is a good example of that. I started in the podcast. And then like, as we continue to grow, working with more people, like working with like larger name clients and things of that nature, like working through those things that are so scary and seeing like, I came out on the other side and I did that extremely well. Like that builds a lot of confidence, but at the same time, I feel like before then, like for me, I'm not naturally a very social person. I'm a very introverted, um, kind of socially awkward. And I feel like before that I spent a lot more time, like actually practicing personal development and going out and like understanding how to be social and like better communicate with people and things of that nature where like within the context of my career, I feel like I can do that very well. But outside of that, I think that's definitely something that's kind of fallen by the wayside. So within my relationship with myself, again, I think it's kind of a double-edged sword. It's definitely something that is pretty stressful, um, as you very well understand. But within that, I've in the last like year and a half to two years, kind of just trying to find this balance of never letting myself get too high, never letting myself get too low. And I almost think this is just from, again, for from doing this for relative to some people, not that long, but a decently long period of time, just kind of seeing the constant ebbs and flows of like, Hey, right now things are great. We're growing so quickly, crushing it. All our clients are crushing it. This inevitably means that within the next few weeks, the next few months, there's going to be a time where I feel like everything's falling apart. Everything's going terribly, right? We're about to lose the business, whatever it may be. And then that in turn inevitably means again, there's going to be another period of time here shortly where things are going great again, right? So for me, just again, reminding myself of, again, hey, I'm going to be in the opposite situation here pretty shortly. And like, I can't ride the highs or the lows too much. That in itself has been very helpful with the relationship with myself though. Does that answer the question fully? Yeah, man. Uh, I, I think I think so. I mean, you talked to a few different times kind of around challenge versus comfort again. And I, mm-hmm. I would love, I'd love to further uh, kind of um, hear your explanation on, do you find yourself like, even though you said, you know, at times you haven't been confident, do you love a challenge though? Right. Is, is that what that is? Or do you just love and find comfort in being uncomfortable? Right. Cause those are, th- those are, can be similar, but I think they're two different things, right? If you love a challenge, you love a fight, right? You like to be the guy that they say you suck. You're not going to amount to anything. Or do you just like being sending the one-off email? Like maybe I get a job with my pump. Maybe I don't. We'll see what happens. Like, are you more of the comfortable being uncomfortable thing or are you more of the let's let's fight? Let's let's find a challenge. Yeah, man. I hate being uncomfortable. There's <laughs> all the situations. Every time I'm like, why am I doing this? I hate this so much. This is stupid. I feel so nervous, so uncomfortable. Why I don't know why I always put myself in these situations. Yeah. Again, I think that more than anything, this isn't like a cool answer, but I'm more so driven by fear of failing and being disappointed in myself than I think anything else. Right. So for me, it's like, yes, this is scary. I know I'm going to hate this in the moment, but I'm going to be so glad I did that. And I'm terrified of seeing myself as a failure, being disappointed in myself. So more than anything like that, like the business shrinking, whatever, because that's something straight up, like so much of my identity now so much. And I don't think this is necessarily a healthy thing, but I know like so much of my perceived value of myself is in that, right? Like, so I think for me as well, like seeing that shrink and like, if I don't do this thing, we might not continue to grow. That to me, I think is scarier than most anything else. But honestly, like that's what drives me. I don't love, 
I don't love like uncomfortable situations. I, I hate uncomfortable situations. Um, but I think they kind of just tend to, as you continue to do good work and take on more, I think you continue to like constantly just be presented with more situations like that. So it seems like there's always the opportunity to say yes to something new and uncomfortable. But again, I wouldn't say it's like, I just love discomfort and I'm actively seeking it out. I'm just, again, I still have a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear about us not being good enough, right? Us not like being the best coaches, providing the best service, whatever it may be. And that's really what drives me more than anything else. Well, and you, you mentioned a, a team along with that. So how do you gauge that with your team? Is this like you just lay out expectations with them or is this like, you know, just top down, they just thrive off of your energy and, and your leadership? Because I, I know, I believe you were doing like kind of a mentorship, right? And, and possibly with some other people, but then I think you and I were like texting or maybe on Instagram and you'd said like, yeah, I actually decided like that wasn't for me, which is very weird because it's very easy in this field to go from coaching a few people to now you're coaching other coaches, right? Because you're just going for money grabs. So as far as laying out from you going through anxiety and having all those feelings and, and mm-hmm. you wanting to be the best and, and do the best for that, like how do you actually have those conversations with your team without basically coming off as a tyrant, right? Like, oh, hey, absolutely. we've got to be the best. We've got to do these things. This is right. Because if it's very easy as someone who has managed other people, when you're getting pressure from the top to then be like, we got to do these things, but you are the top, right? And so you know if this business fails and if you're tying up your identity in that, fuck, like if it fails, you feel like a failure. So how, how do you come off pleasantly versus, you know, like a tyrant to your team to then make sure your, your clients are getting the best results possible, right? Like that's what it's all about. Yeah. So very much, I think with the team, first and foremost, I always want to make sure it's super clear to anyone on our team. This is our team. This is our company. This isn't my team and you work for me. This isn't like my company and you're here to help make me money. Like we are all, we have to align on the same vision. We're all going in the same direction. And I'm, I'm very fortunate with Every member of our team is someone that I've personally been able to coach for a long period of time. So by the end of that, it's always like, man, you're so excited about this process. You love coaching. Like you had your own transformation, already very bought into like the way we coach, the way we approach things. That in itself, I think is very helpful. And I'm very fortunate so far, at least that I haven't had to like go out and just like hire someone who hasn't like worked with me personally and know like, what I value. And I can see even then, like in the way, like they communicate with me, like the way, like their mindset, the way they approach things, like right away, I feel like I've been very fortunate to be able to, because again, like when you coach someone, you get to know them on a pretty intimate level. So I'm very fortunate. And like already anyone that's hopped on board, I've been able to know like, Hey, you are a great fit, right? We have the same values. Now from there, I would say one of the other things that's been the most helpful is actually in our team meetup. So having everyone out here in Scottsdale, we've established for our team, what is our direction? So where are we going? And what are our core values, right? Like what are the things that are most important to us? Like attention to detail. We value action over talking, right? We value actions over words, things of that nature. So we spent two days here in Scottsdale getting super clear, not just like not on Jeremiah's core values, but us as a group, what are the values that are most important to us? Okay, so now going forward, every decision we make, every action we take, we're looking at it through the lens of does this or does this not align the core values that we established, right? And that's that in itself has been so helpful because first, man, the, the last meetup we did was incredible because it was so cool to see just how aligned everyone was. And we talked through like, 
okay, where do we want to be in a year? And so this is kind of a counter to what I was discussing before, where with the team, I think this was a very helpful thing to work through again. Like, where do we want to be? Who do we want to be in the industry? How do we want to operate? And again, like, what are the core values, which is basically for us, like, how do we act every day? Right. And then we very much framed it as this is the lens that we approach everything we do through. Right. So does this or does this not align with these values that we've established for how we act? So from there, if anything that is happening is like the way someone is being coached, the service we're delivering doesn't align. It's easy because it's not like, hey, I, Jeremiah, am telling you that you need to do things a different way, but rather it's, hey, is what you're doing here, does this or does this not align with our core values that we established together, right? We established again, like this is the direction we want the company to grow. So again, for me, like having that framework is, has been so helpful because again, like for anyone on our team, it's not personal, right? It's not about me. Like, I don't like what you're doing. It's again, we establish, this is the direction. This is how we act. So if you're not acting with like the standards you set for yourself, that's a conversation we need to have. But again, it's not like something personal to me. It's like, we're acting against this kind of vision that we created together. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so do you do meetups in, as well with your clients? Or is that something that's very team oriented? Talking about like building a community? Because it sounds like you do a really good job of, of building a culture within your team. D- does that translate over then into your clients as well? Like, do you have a, a really good culture and community that goes all the way through? Yeah, so with our coaches... Again, I think that I typically tend to think I'm not doing things well enough. Um, it's been really cool to see the culture that we built. And I'm still like always surprised that, again, like from my perception of myself with how well things have panned out, because we just truly have such incredible people. And I'm like, man, I don't feel worthy of having all of you guys on my team or like worthy of leading you. But it's really, it's really, really cool to see that. So Within that, as of now, our team meetups are just for our team. I've had a couple of clients come out and I've put on like one, two day seminars for them, but it's not something we're doing super frequently. In the future, I do want to have, again, a little bit bigger of a, like a content studio slash gym where we can actually have meetups like twice a year or something of that nature, because I think that would be incredible. So with our team, we do have a, we just communicate so frequently. I think everyone knows I'm always there to help. I, again, would rather... I really dislike to like try to hype myself up or anything like that. And I think a lot of it is I always think I'm not doing good enough. But as of now, I feel our results and like how our team has done so far, like speak for themselves pretty well there. With our client culture, it's definitely something that we're focusing on more. To be fully transparent here, I feel like like one of the main topics we discussed at our last meetup was all our clients love us and we have great one-on-one relationships with our clients but it doesn't feel like there is like this sense of community with the clients interacting with other clients that we want. Right. So very much like since our last meetup, that's been something that we've really been striving to do better with. And one of the most helpful things for us has honestly just been us being better about sharing, tagging people on Instagram, tagging clients in our stories, shouting out clients more consistently and things of that nature. And just trying to go out of our way to like be more active in the Facebook group, like start conversations between different people and things of that nature. But honestly, I'll say like from a culture perspective with our clients, like it's something we're very actively continuing to try to improve. And it's been cool to see like since then how much more everyone has kind of been able to come together. But I don't think we're the best in the world at it yet by any means. Is there is there something that you're you're working towards? Because you mentioned you have a Facebook group and trying to actually 
get people more involved. So is, is there something like, do you have a goal in mind? Like, would you like to do events and things like that? It's just not on the radar because you're doing other things. Like, is, is there a Jeremiah 7.0 like that was put on these things, right? Like, I know you're saying like, I don't know how this happened. This is kind of in spite of me, not sure, but these people are awesome and they're doing these things. But is that where you would kind of see like what you're doing grow to, like where you are doing events or, or things along that nature? Yeah. I mean, for our clients, I would like to be able to put on events where again, it's like, and part of this is contingent on me, like being able to get a space to do this in Scottsdale. Right. And that's one of the most important things. But as soon as like I have the opportunity to, I'm definitely going to. And within that, like more than anything, it wouldn't be like, Hey, I'm charging you for this or anything like that. It's just, Hey, we come hang out, we train together. We eat lots of good food together. Um, and again, just kind of bringing everybody together, kind of making sure everyone feels like a family and feels very supported. But I mean, with all that, like more than anything else, I think there's a lot of power as well. It's one thing to like hear your coach tell you something or for your coach to support you. But when you also really feel like you have an entire community supporting you outside of that, right? You can reach out to other like other clients and they can like kind of talk you through whatever you're going through and help us support you as well. Like there's so much power to that. So I mean, past that, like that's really just my goal with it is I want everyone to feel like it's a big family and they truly do feel supported, not just by us, but on like, but the other clients are cheering them on as well. And I think that like the events would be a cool thing to go along with that and help foster that further. But past that, that's, I don't really have any larger vision for it. Got it. I mean, I know you said you didn't have a five, 10 year goal. I'm trying to get one while, while we, while we do this podcast live from you, dude. (laughs) I love it. Uh, So you did mention something I think is very interesting about tagging people. Uh, so you mentioned Tristan way earlier, like Tristan has no social media, really. If you ever go to his stuff, like he posts on a story once in a while, but what he does do is an amazing job at tagging his clients and like promoting them and in, in conversations with him or his coaches. So I'm kind of wondering two parts in that, like you said that you're trying to work on that. So have you found that to be beneficial for sharing what it is that you guys are doing? And has that helped as far as client attraction or do you guys mainly just, you know, kind of rely on referrals to get new clients. Yeah. So we've all been going out of our way to tag at least three of our clients every day in one of our stories. And we straight up jacked this for Tristan. So at at the last team event that we did, he did an entire presentation for us on this. And that's like, I think like if we look at who actually does this the best in the world, I think him and his team do so. Right. So with that, that has been very helpful. I I think the coolest thing that's come from that is again, like seeing more of our clients connecting, seeing like our clients sharing like their conversation with other clients on their stories and things like that. And like really seeing them go out of the way to support more. And also it's like seeing our clients like tag us and like share like whatever, like this was my hip thrust PR or just like people as a whole are shouting us out more frequently, right? Tagging us more frequently. And I do think that's helped a bit from a client attraction perspective, it's hard for me to measure how much like as far as new clients has actually contributed, but I do think it's very helpful for people to see like your clients are actually tagging you and things of that nature more. Outside of that, like a lot of our clients come from, we get a decent amount of clients still from referrals, but, but I mean, again, I think like if you see like whoever shares their coach on their story and like their progress or whatever it may be, I think people are a lot more likely to reach out. So I do think in a roundabout way, that's been very helpful. Um, But past that, I mean, also, a lot of our clients come from the blogs we put out. A lot of our clients come from my social media. And again, I would say like a good 40 to 50% of our clients are going to come from referrals. Are your blogs like on your website or is this also you still writing for other people? 
No, so blogs are purely on my website. Got it. So that seems to be a big thing is them actually reading articles and or referrals and or your own content is kind of how people come through. Yeah. Yeah. So with the blogs, um, when I was working with Cody, he challenged me to write a blog every week for three months and that turned into a year and that turned into a couple of years. So we kind of accidentally ended up having very good SEO, where if you go search like calorie cycling or diet breaks or reverse dieting or whatever it may be, like we do very well with Google just because we were so consistent for so long. And again, the intention, the intention for the first like two years wasn't actually even to be like good at SEO. It was just like, Hey, I got challenged to do this and I really like value consistency. So I'm not going to stop doing this. So that was very helpful. The podcast also is very helpful where we get a good amount of listens every month. And that's just, again, I really enjoy, I really enjoy the podcast and kind of nerding out over training and nutrition, but it's very much again, the podcast, the blogs, and then my own social media is kind of hit or miss. I'll occasionally have like client transformations or things like that go viral, but we don't really rely on that very much where I truly think like if someone can read one of our blogs and they're very much like they're very in-depth, it's very long form. It's going to take you at least like 20 to 25 minutes to read this. Right. But like if someone can read that and understand our systems or same thing, like listen to an hour long podcast of us talking about nutrient timing, that is so much like in the line of the client that we want to attract that that in itself has been very helpful, but yeah, it's very much like we have quite a few diverse sources as far as where clients come from. I'm curious then about your client avatar, right? You just Mm -hmm. brought that up, but because I know you and Brandon both talk super fast and like (laughs) Brandon does a good job as well. You know, like you both do of not having to go into the weeds unless you really want to, but I'm curious between blogs and your podcast, like who is your, who is your ideal client? Because I know you guys can geek out and nerd out very easily, you know, without even trying. So like, is it still the, you know, stay at home mom that still finds your guys's information? Or do you find that your clients are a little bit more on that like nerdy or sciencey side? Yeah, our clients are definitely now we still have a diversity of clients, but the large majority of our clients are definitely people that lift and want to look like they lift, but don't feel like that's women specifically who lift, but don't look like they lift. But and so it's very much like already that person who is obsessed with the gym more than like your average person who is probably already tracking their macros, probably is already very interested in it. Again, like the type of person that would listen to an, listen to an hour long blog about or podcast around nutrient timing, because like the idea that like this could help them get a little bit more of an edge is valuable rather than like, well, I don't even want to track my macros, right? So why do this? So very much like it's already someone who's has a bit more interest in training and nutrition and learning more about it than the normal person would. Now, again, we still get like stay at home moms who like, Hey, I just want to feel good and lose the baby weight or whatever it may be. But most of our clients again, fall in that previous avatar where it's already like, Hey, I'm already working my ass off. I'm already very consistent in my training effort. Isn't the problem for me. Typically consistency isn't the problem for me. It's just, again, I don't think I'm taking the right approach with my training. I'm not clear on exactly what I need to do with my nutrition. So does that make sense? It does. And so I'm curious because a lot of coaches would be intimidated by that. So did you start with that population or is that just where you figured out like, that's kind of my lane because they're going to be consistent. It's also what I like talking to. Cause you mentioned earlier, like you don't do the viral content, right? You're just you, which is the most authentic thing you could ever do is just be you. And you'll probably attract people like you, which is going to work out way better than working with someone who 
isn't like you or who you'd want to work with. So, uh, is, is that part of your guys' success in, in that and in what you've done or did you just kind of find that lane? Yeah, man. So, I mean, I always had, again, I think a lot of it stems from just my own interest and like nerding out over this so much that it's, I would say one of the biggest missteps that we made in business was there was a period in time where um, a business coach that I was working with had given me the advice like, hey, this client avatar that you're currently speaking to, they're not in enough pain, right? Probably for them, their friends are going to tell them, hey, you're already in good shape, right? You don't need to like, why do you want to take this further? So one of the biggest missteps we made is like, okay, well, hey, busy moms who need to lose like 30 to 40 pounds are in more pain. And so we decided to kind of start speaking to that person for a couple months. And there's absolutely nothing. I don't want like any busy moms who want to lose 30 to 40 pounds to be offended <laughs> or anything like that. But for us, it was so like, much hate mail coming to your inbox right now. <laughs> and then there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I can, um, but anyways, within that, after like a month, it was just like, man, I hate speaking to this problem. I don't like, this isn't the things that I like in our team, like as a whole, very much like everyone's in alignment with like the level of depth that we'd like to talk to the problems we'd like to speak to. It just very much felt out of alignment. I really, really disliked the things that I was personally creating and feeling like I like on the podcast, everything I was posting, the blogs I was writing, like completely changing it from just what I enjoyed the most. So straight up, I think like our client avatar now. So we of course shifted back away from that, but I definitely think that was one of the biggest missteps we made, but very much now our client avatar is just, that's who I enjoy speaking to the most. And that's who we all as a team enjoy coaching the most. And so that's kind of just seems to be like, we have this mutual good fit where we seem to be very good at helping this group of people. That's who we enjoy working with the most. So things just seem as a whole to work out better. And again, like even when we're speaking to, when we were speaking to this diff different demographic and different problems for the first time, it also seemed like we were struggling to help these people as well. And that really, really bothered me as well. So as a whole, it just felt like so out of alignment that we just had to shift away from it. Uh, well, it, it just goes back to authenticity. I'm not always a fan of that word just because it's been, I think, bastardized by a lot of people trying to, mm -hmm. you know, self-help you. Um, but it, it, that's what it comes back to, man. It sounds like for over a decade, you knew what you wanted to do. You've just relied, even if you haven't been confident at times, on just going back to who you are and what it is that you want to do. And now trying to find other people that kind of want to do that thing and it's going to work out. And I, I mean, like you, you just keep hammering it and we keep talking about it in different ways, but like if I had to boil this down to one phrase that that would be it, man. And it, it speaks volumes as to compound interest because you've went through a lot of ups and downs to get there, but now you guys are, are on that upward trajectory. So you mentioned depression. We didn't really dig into any of that. But I would love to know, like in your, in some of your darkest moments, you know, on this entrepreneur journey, what, what brings you out of those moments? Is it going back to like, Hey, I just need to go for a walk or I need to go, you know, away for a weekend. Is it friends, family? Like what's something that, you know, can pull you out of those darkest moments to get back on, on track and on path, whether it's for your team or for your clients or just for yourself. Yeah, man. So, I mean, at the end of the day, um, my girlfriend, Katie is incredible. She's and very much talks me through a lot of these situations past that to speak to like the relationship aspect. I'll say like outside of like my clients who I talk to frequently, I don't really have very many friends that I talk to on a consistent basis. I talk to Tristan very, very consistently and he's a great help in situations like this as well. But past that, like really for me, it is almost always like in those low moments where it seems like 
typically it's like one to two weeks of things like really adding up, man, this has just been a hard time to where it's like, can I really do this? Right. And then it's again, just asking myself, I feel like I get to that point where it's almost like, all right, fuck this. I'm just going to go get a normal job or whatever it is. And then it's like, okay, am I going to quit? Yes or no? No, no matter what, like, I know I'm not going to stop. Even if all those fell apart, I would do whatever to rebuild it. Right. So for me, it's more than anything, just knowing, like, I have to have that moment occasionally where it's like, okay, I know no matter what, like, I'm not going to do anything else. I'm not going to quit. So from here, I have two options. I can keep feeling sorry for myself or I can figure this out and work through it. And it's honestly, for me, as simple as that, where it's kind of like the, almost like the no one is coming to save you, right? Where it's, okay, I'm not going to quit. No one else is going to figure out this for me, figure this out for me. So it's on me and I have to handle it, right? I can, again, keep feeling sorry for myself, keeping pissed off, or I can look at, okay, these things that have been happening, how can I solve these? How can we improve to make sure this doesn't happen again? Before we wrap up, uh, I want to ask you one more question along similar lines, but it's, you know, if someone's just starting out, whether it's entrepreneur journey, coaching journey, whatever it may be, like what's, what's one thing when you look back over, you know, the last decade of your struggles and triumphs and all those things, like what's something looking back now, piece of info or just a tactic or something like what's something when you look back, you wish you knew or someone had told you before going down this wonderful, terrible rabbit hole of entrepreneurship. (laughs) Absolutely. Man, I think for me, one of the most helpful things has been looking at, do I really need to do more things? Do I really need to do, because I think there's constantly like a, okay, so reels are the, and I, again, I'm not a business coach, so I don't know if this is good advice or not, but there's constantly like, okay, reels are the thing now, or whatever's the new thing now. But for me personally, I think one of the most helpful things has been because for the longest time it was like, okay, I'm posting once a day. Now I need to post twice a day. What if I could post three times a day? What if I could do three podcasts instead of two, right? Or I need to go do this thing and I see this person doing this thing. So I need to do that as well. But rather, I think the most helpful thing for me has been rather than like, we always need to do more and different things rather looking at, okay, what are the things that are doing very well for us as far as like bringing in new clients? If we're talking about business growth specifically, can I double down on and coaching, right? Can I double down on making the quality, like identifying those few things, like the most important things here, making the quality of those things better rather than like constantly, okay, doing like more and different things. I think that in itself has been kind of being better at identifying that because I know at the start of my career was very much like, okay, this person has a successful business and I see them doing these things that I'm doing and that might not play into my strengths, And not that that's necessarily a bad thing, again, speaking to getting uncomfortable, but I feel like just because they're doing this, okay, I need to do this this way and I need to do this this way. But rather like for me, one of the most helpful things has again been kind of being able to identify what are our strengths? What are the things that I do very well? How can I do more of that and kind of double down on that rather than kind of trying to constantly chase all these different rabbits? Um, That in itself has been very helpful for me. And then again, I think just the value of consistency more than anything else, at least like with the way our business has grown. Again, it's been a very slow grind, but it's been just, just we're so consistent, right? We don't miss with things we put out, um, with the content we create. Like everyone knows our schedule and it's uber consistent. I think that in itself, I feel like so much of this, at least from my perspective, is kind of like a game of attrition, right? Where when people come in 
and or maybe promise like a 10k month like within your first three months of coaching or whatever it may be and maybe you hit that and then you see things fall off or maybe you don't hit that right and then it's like okay well this didn't work out where i very much think it's like so much of it is just like if you can keep being consistent over time you can really just double down on i think one of the most important things that gets lost in the business conversation is are you actually a good coach and are you actually doing a good job helping your clients? That's uh, like when I was first starting in the online space, I know that one guy specifically was always talking to me about like different lead magnets. Like, Hey dude, what do you do for lead magnets? What do you do for this? And I was like, man, like I'm really just trying to focus on how can I best help my clients as much as anything else. Right. And it's like, I think like if you can actually help people get results, if your clients love you, like that in itself, like in this lane is one of the most important things. So Honestly, like for coaches listening, I would bring it back to that as much as anything else. Yes, being able to market yourself is very important. But again, at the end of the day, like your business has to be built on you actually being able to get results or you're not really a coach, right? So that's kind of my good answer to all of that. Yeah, well, uh, people need to go back, rewind the last uh, 90 seconds for, for that rant because that's it. That's everything. It's results. It's consistency because even if you don't have clients yet or you have a few clients getting those first three to five clients to build out your business is is so important. If you could just focus on your first five clients and just get them epic results over a hundred days, you're going to be way better off. And it's going to be really easy to get your next 10, 15, 20 than if you just went and launched, you know, some crazy challenge and tried to get 20 clients in and half-ass the delivery and lost half the other half along the way. Right. right. And you oh, build, cons- yeah, you build consistency through posting to look like a legitimate business. People are going to stock you. And when you go to collaborate, people go, what's your social? And you haven't posted in two years. Besides the one thing about your dog and a Sunday, it doesn't look good. People are like, this guy doesn't run a business. He probably is like selling shampoo out of his trunk, you know? And I think the one thing, dude, that especially in our industry of, you know, health and fitness that people don't do enough of is approach it like a scientist would and hypothesis an assumption. I assume that if I go from two podcasts to three podcasts a week, I will have X results. Right. right. Go back in two months and see. No, you shared like off off the record. I'm bringing it on the record now that, you know, when you went from two to three, you got feedback that like, hey, dude, it's a lot. And so right. it made you stressed. It was making your listeners stressed. So you cut it back. Right. But like that was you taking an assumption, testing it and then, then going back. I think you're absolutely right that a lot of us, we just do things because we think it's going to work out or help us. But in reality, if we just focus on the thing that probably is best, which is client results, customer results, whatever that may be, you're going to be so much better off, right? It goes to the 80, 80, 20 rule. If you're familiar with that principle where, you know, 80% of your, you know, clients come from 20% of your effort, right? And that works in a variety of ways, but absolutely get the people results that you, you promised you were going to get results and then be consistent in the other things with whatever you can be. And don't get sidetracked by the latest trend, unless you have all the other areas mapped out and, and you're crushing it or help for that matter. Oh, absolutely, man. And I, again, think it's, it's so easy to get caught up in like, okay, if I'm whatever the first person to this new trend that seems to be popping off, this is going to blow up my business. Right. And again, just kind of get focused on the wrong things where it is again, at the end of the day, like, can we are first and foremost, are you actually focusing on helping your people? Right. I think before we focus on content creation, before we focus on marketing, anything like that, like your client needs to be taken care of first and foremost. Right. Because again, without that, inevitably like that's the entire foundation of your business and we have to have that in place right and that's also something you kind of always have to be maintaining like you can't lose focus on that at least from my my perspective or again like 
that's again the foundation for the entire business, which will it'll crumble if we don't have that in place and continue to maintain that. So, dude, uh, where can people go to learn more about you, learn more about what it is you're doing, or maybe they're a coach and they just want to see like how it is that you run your social or your blog? Where is best to follow you and maybe like get some more information or just kind of look at what you guys are doing, you know, if if they're a newer coach and, and want to build something similar? Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow me on Instagram at Jeremiah Bear. Um, you can check out our blogs on our website and learn all about coaching with our team at elevatedcoachingsystems.com. And you can listen to our podcast. It is called The Living Lean, and that is on any platform that you listen to podcasts on. Amazing. Coach Jeremiah Bear, thank you so much for joining me today, man. Uh, it was a blast. We'll definitely have to do this again soon. Absolutely, dude. Thank you for having me. No problem. Catch you soon, guys. Thanks for earning experience points with us today on Run the Block, part of the Cam Explains Immersion channel. If you actually want to work with me or my team at No Clouds Media, connect with me on Instagram at cam.explains. There you'll find even more helpful content tips, growth strategies, our latest downloads, or if nothing else, I can guarantee you'll get a good laugh of myself or our pup Oliver throughout the day. Just hit me up at cam.explains. Bonus, if you are following me on Instagram, you also get first dibs on limited spots for the community we're building inside of our network, where we will have tons of free resources, overtime sessions, networking events, special guests, and much more planned as we grow. So be sure to follow along at camp.explains, and we will see you for your next session of Run the Block to earn even more experience points. Hope this helps, and remember, kindness. Pass it on. Bye for now.